Live from parts unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. Hello and welcome to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. My name is Simon Miller and this is a pro wrestling podcast. It's kind of a novelty episode today. Well, not a novelty episode, but it certainly feels novel because it's just me today. We don't have any Patreons on, um, which is, it's both, it's not bad in any sense of the, in the word, it's, but it's good. Sometimes it's nice just to be able to chat to you guys for 45 minutes or so, but I always love it when people come on this show as well. I just think it's nice. It's nice to find out about other people's pro wrestling journeys, what got them into it, the inevitability when they fell out with it, and then, you know, it would happen, then you found back in, that's it, you're in it for life. Um, and as a quick pimp, as we are talking about it, if you would like to come on Simon's Pro Wrestling Podcast or just support the podcast with a dollar, and right now that would help me doubly so because I've got a bad arm if you don't know. I'm sure you've heard all the other stuff about my wrestling injury. So I can only do so much work, but it is just patreon.com forward slash Simon316. There'll be a link in the description. And like I say, I'm able to do all this stuff thanks to you wonderful, wonderful people. And uh, yeah, anything you could do to help me out and support it would be awesome. Now... I guess, or not I guess, I think, I don't like starting the podcast off with, with I don't say it's not negativity, but it's just sad news. But I, f- I feel like it would be uh, a miss of me if I didn't mention the, the three people that passed away on Sunday, I believe it was, only a few days ago. Uh, and Nikolai Volkov obviously passed away, and he's only 70 years old, I don't really think it's, you know, that old, really. And then Brian Christopher, which we'll talk about more in a second, and Brickhouse Brown, I mean, they all passed away on the same day, which was just, was just nuts, and I'm sure they you know, mean things to different people. And it's kind of one of those, I I saw this on Reddit, somebody said this, and I agree with it to a certain extent, but it always makes me sad. It always makes me just think, it's just anything like that would do. Um, But there is a certain expectation. Like when you, as a wrestling fan, sometimes even today, once it has been a lot better, you know, since it was 10 years ago, but as a wrestling fan, there is always this, when you hear the news, you hit that impact, like, oh man, then there's kind of that almost sort of experience that you're used to this, where you go, well, it's happened again. Uh, and it, it just sucks. Like, I, I don't, I'm not even going to talk about that, actually. But it just sucks. I mean, you know, while Nikolai Volkov and um, Brickhouse died, I don't want to say from natural causes, but, you know, there was no real controversy surrounding them. There certainly does seem to be something to do with Brian Christopher, or at least we know that he took his own life, and suicide is obviously just a, a terrible thing, both for the person that's experiencing it and for the family, because I read an amazing quote about, about suicide once, and I'm not judging people that take their own lives or anything like that, it's not what this podcast is about, and it's not what I would do anyway, but it said something like, you know, suicide doesn't take the pain away, it just passes it across to someone else, and that always stayed with me, clearly, as I'm, as I'm talking about it now. But we don't know, all we know is that he went to jail, it, it seemed like he was in uh, some kind of intense uh, solid street confinement I should say and then it, it sounded like he hanged himself he got taken to hospital but unfortunately they weren't able to save him and that's that's just a sad story I mean if you're of my age you probably remember him in, in Too Cool with Scotty Too Hot and Rikishi and you know don't get me wrong during the Attitude Era those guys I mean I don't I, sh- I feel bad saying this now but I'll be completely honest I never really liked Too Cool uh, or Rikishi I, I kind of I enjoyed their act but I know some people got really into him and that was never me however you can't deny how popular and successful they were. They took a gimmick and a tag team that 
should have never worked on paper, I guess. And they, you know, they, they took advantage of the Attitude Era wonderfully. I remember there was something in, in the Wrestling Observer when Rikishi came back as whatever he came back as after the Sultan, you know, with, with Dave Meltzer saying that he wasn't sure you know, what WWE could do with him. And look what, he, look what he became. At one point, it seemed like a realistic situation that he may be able to win the world title. I mean, we're going off a tangent here. Rikishi's still alive and I assume doing well. But he was associated with Brian Christopher. And given that, you know, I was basically still, well, I was still a child then, two, two ways about it. To see someone pass away early and to pass away under such sad circumstances, it's just tough. It's just tough and it sucks. And my hearts and thoughts and prayers go out to the family, you know, and I just... What can you do? What can you do? That's pro wrestling for you, right? Well, no, that's not fair either. I don't. That, that's that's being too disparaging. But it does happen, and it. Well, I, I I hate it. I think everybody hates it, right? Who likes it? Otherwise, I mean, what? Are we, so much for us to talk about in terms of Raw and SmackDown. I'm trying to think. Is there anything we need to talk about before we actually actually get onto that? But no, I guess we should just throw into it. I mean, the big thing we need to talk about from Raw. And I did a What Culture video about this, so I implore you to go and watch it, should you so wish. Go to What Culture Wrestling, subscribe, do all that if you haven't already. But of course, I mean, the, the basic ongoing storyline for Raw was <laughs> Brock Lesnar's back, and he really doesn't want to be there. He doesn't give a shit, doesn't care he's a universal champion, doesn't want to wrestle, even though he's being told by the Raw GM that he's got to go out there to wrestle, he's not going to do it. And even Paul Heyman, who we all thought was his best buddy, is, you know, he, there's no love lost there either. Basically, Brock Lesnar doesn't care and he's going to do whatever he wants and no one can stop him. I like the storyline. I thought it showed character progression for Brock. I don't, I'm not a big fan of the idea of them splitting up Paul Heyman and Brock Lesnar. I just like them as a pair when they tried to do it years ago with the big show. I wasn't, you know, I didn't think it worked especially well. But I get it. You've got to put, things have to change eventually. And if Brock Lesnar's last match is at SummerSlam and you want to have this one final hurrah to try and make it work with Roman Reigns, I don't think this is going to work. I know they were trying to, we want Roman at his end of Raw, but we'll wait and see how it catches on around, around the, the entirety of the United States before we make a call. But it's, it's a smart idea and if nothing else it makes because the thing i the only disconnect that i had was brock lesnar is being told that he doesn't care he can't you know everything i've just said and yet when he comes out at the end of the show he mauls kurt angle scares off baron corbin who i've been told is an up-and-coming you know pro wrestler with potential and he gets in paul Heyman's face i mean that doesn't really count because paul Heyman is there almost that's almost a manager's role but still he took out three people with ease and this is brock lesnar not caring so if he, then, you know, what's he like when he does care? That's the only disconnect that I did have. But the real line that we do have to discuss is when they were backstage and Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman had just got into it and Roman Reigns had called Brock Lesnar his bitch again because that's just what we do when those two come at it. He wanted to show Brock Lesnar the footage. Brock Lesnar took his phone and chucked it and said, no, I wasn't watching Paul. Why would I watch the show? Now, look, out of con in terms of the context of the show, I should say, it was hilarious. It really, really made me laugh. Like, why would Brock Lesnar watch the show? Someone sent me this massive tweet going, well, why should Brock... Rah, rah, rah. So, yeah, I understand. I understand the story. But I also completely understand the, the, the other side of that, the other argument to that, where you just had a universal champion say he doesn't... Basically, what, you see, what, was in, what I took inference from, anyway, was that I don't watch Raw, because Raw's shit. <laughs> and I imagine everybody on Squared Circle uh, read it, all of a sudden went, well, yeah, yeah, come join our ranks, Brock. We totally agree with you. Look, it's not a big deal. It's not going to change the world or anything like that. But I did just find it hilarious that they'd even script that line because, 
I do think it undermines their product slightly. You you want to expect that your champion is scouting. At, I'm talking about within the worlds of pro, within the realms of pro wrestling here. The character of Brock Lesnar. I completely understand the real man doesn't watch it. Of course he doesn't. But in the character-based world of wrestling, I like to believe that everything I'm seeing is real. And if I'm being told that the guy on the biggest show in WWE can't be asked to tune in, I'm like, well, he, maybe he's got it right. Maybe I'm the sucker for tuning into this three hours each and every week. So I, I completely understand the conversation. Um, I, I don't think it hurts. or Nothing hurts WWE these days. They're earning too much money. And I, I get that's a, a rolling eye situation where you can go, well, they, they, you know, they shouldn't take that for granted. And you're right, they shouldn't. Again, I've done a video about that for What Culture, about how the fans have to be the most important aspect of all of this. But the truth of the matter is, until, you know, until 2024 or whatever it is, they are not going to struggle from a financial point of view. So really, it does give them some leeway to do whatever they want. It will come back to haunt them down the line, of course, because you can always chase people away. And lines like this in and of themselves don't matter. But if you keep doing it, then you do enter a WCW scenario where you're just like, meh, it's just part of the story. Just doing fun, just wrestling. And as I said on the video I did for What Culture, then you've got Judy Bagwell on a pole and you've got Viagra on a pole and you've got Vin Russo running mad because what does anything matter? It has to matter to a certain extent, right? I'm the biggest advocate for just enjoy wrestling for what it is, but it still has to matter. Much like a movie has to matter or a book has to matter. If a book tells you 20 pages in, yeah, you don't care about any of this shit. You're going to be like, all right, maybe I don't. Jeez. But I did laugh. I'm not going to lie. I did laugh. I just, it was just... I think it was delivered so well because it's exactly what Brock Lesnar thinks. Of course it's what Brock Lesnar thinks. I loved it. I loved it. It really made me chuckle. And yeah, like I say, I thought the ongoing storyline where Paul Heyman was going to get fired if Brock Lesnar didn't show, then eventually he showed and he beat everybody up. It did make... Look, the idea, the story here is to make Lesnar like an absolute prick and they did it. He does it like a prick. The fans are booing him and there was some cheers for Roman Reigns. Again, don't think it's going to hang around, but we can wait and see what goes down with that. The other thing we should talk about as well, with all this negativity I see around on the internet, which kind of goes to show that sometimes it's just a small minority, Brock Lesnar helped with ratings. It didn't smash them or anything like that, but they were up. They had their best number in a while. The second hour, I think, particularly did well, and it grew, I guess, as people wanted to see what Brock was going to do. And the third hour uh, held pretty strong as well. So there's no two ways about it. Brock Lesnar is still a draw, and he's still an attraction. So him leaving at SummerSlam, despite this ridiculous booking with the Universal title, may actually be of detriment to the company. And it looks like he is going to go away and fight Daniel Cormier in the UFC, and I think he'll come back after that. I, I think next year or maybe for next year's Mania or something like that, I think he'll come back. Why not? He's going to get a sweet deal. He's going to pay loads of money. Again, he still offers something to the product. We may not think so. I actually still do. But as we, as the royal we, may not think so. But I, I can see it happening, depending, of course, on what Brock Lesnar wants to do. He's clearly made enough money. Clearly doesn't need to do any of this stuff if he doesn't want. But having him on Raw and him acting that way actually made me think, obviously, I'd like to see him more. That's This is a given. But I still think he has something to offer. I know his matches have become quite repetitive, but I still think the character of Brock Lesnar when he's allowed to let loose and be angry and be aggressive, yeah, there's definitely, there's definitely something there. Uh, other stuff that happened on Raw, let me just get my notes up, which I seem to have closed down for some reason. SmackDown's open. We will talk about SmackDown as well, but you know, let's do this in the order that they, uh, that they come at our face. Terrible, terrible, <laughs> terrible line there. Um, oh yeah, so they had the Finn Balor, Baron Corbin stuff, which I thought was poor, because it was a 20-minute match that went nowhere. Balor just got beaten up. And then Baron Corbin gets the clean win. So it's 50-50 booking down the line. I imagine they'll clash again at SummerSlam. How or why I'm meant to care about that, I don't know. Because it feels utterly empty in that regard. I, I just, I mean, there's not even a story here other than the fact that... What's his name? Finn Balor is small and Baron Corbin doesn't like it. So I, I don't understand... I, I don't understand that straight up. I, I didn't think... I thought the match was okay. But I didn't necessarily... 
feel like it enhanced the feud to any to any great degree. And that's why I don't necessarily feel like we needed to have this match, to be honest. I know there's a big pause there. But I was trying to think the right way. I'm not trying to shit on it, but I, I, I just it felt... Yeah, anyway, you know what I'm saying. It, it was just there, and when it wasn't there anymore, I was like, okay, there was just something that happened on Raw, which they do do a lot, and you know my feelings on 50-50 booking. I'd much rather... If we're, even if we're pushing Baron Corbin now, and he's the guy I've got to get behind, that's fine. But Ben Finn Balor's got to be sacrificed for now, and you can build him up. I'm not saying there's an argument there that WWE hasn't got the wrong way round. That's a completely different argument. However, if they're going to go with someone, I'd always much rather they, they just went with someone. What I did like was all the, all the stuff with the women. I understand Alicia Fox was in it, and she's not the greatest in the world. But I like Ronda Rousey's addition. She was in Mickey... I'm sorry, she was in Natalia's corner, and she was taking on Alicia Fox. Alexa Bliss was in Alicia Fox's. And to me, Rousey's just got all this stuff down. I'm not saying she doesn't have to get better. Of course she does. Everyone has to evolve and get experience. But, you know, the ass whooping she took from Alicia Fox I thought was good. Her fire when she had fire I thought was good. She comes across like she can kick somebody's ass, obviously, because she's got that Brock Lesnar thing about her. And when we go, man, she absolutely can, absolutely can kick your ass if you, you know, if you let her for real. And technically, she cost Natty the match because she got involved. That created the distraction. Alexa Bliss got involved, and then Alicia Fox wins. So you can probably... And what I would do is I would have Ronda Rousey either win the title at SummerSlam or All In, which we... All In, Evolution, which we talked about, and then feud with Natty because I think you planted enough seeds here, and Natty's obviously good enough that even if Ronda does need more experience, she's the, the, the wrestler that can, you know, that can take her to then. So I liked all of that. I like Ronda Rousey. I think she's got all the potential in the world. So we'll see what happens. I actually didn't mind the Elias and Bobby Lashley stuff as well. I mean, seeing Bobby Lashley sing along with Elias was... I mean, what was that? So crazy. And also, it did make Bobby Lashley look stupid to an extent because he should have known him not focusing on Elias that much wouldn't mean Elias attacked him. I didn't say this on ups and downs, and I should have done, but obviously Bobby Lashley still got the upper hand here because he whooped his ass afterwards. I think the big thing about this and twice on SmackDown, Daniel Bryan, the Usos, and Elias all mentioned The Rock in 24 hours. I don't know if he's coming back, but I do know Skyscraper bombed. Mm, bombed, that's not that's, that's unfair, but it didn't do as well as the US as I think they were expecting. Granted, I haven't looked in a couple of days, so that may have changed. I know it came out in China and blew it up, but I can see some kind of PR strategy where The Rock thinks I can kind of go tap back into my core fan base, which would be the WWE Universe, and then maybe try and stoke those fires again. I don't think it'll be SummerSlam. I think if you're going to do it, you probably should wait until WrestleMania. Maybe he has a match against Elias. It would help Elias. He'd lose, obviously. And that's another discussion for us to have. And also, I think that having The Rock back on, on TV would be, would be interesting. I know they're in Miami, so you can claim maybe they were just doing it for that. But it seems more to me. I'm just guessing. It seemed more, it seemed more to me um, than that. Something I do feel we need to discuss because I heard a lot of people disagreed with me. Kevin Owens and Baron Corbin had a conversation. There was some other stuff there. But the main point was Kevin Owens was all like, look, Kurt Angle's not thinking about this. He's putting Brock Lesnar in a position where Braun Strowman could cash in his money in the bank. I don't want that because I've got an opportunity to win that briefcase at SummerSlam. Now, I thought this was good because it planted a seed in my mind. Oh, maybe that's going to happen. Now, the thing is that it didn't. And as somebody rightly pointed out, Braun Strowman said the next time Brock Lesnar's on Raw, he's going to come out and cash it in. So it certainly seemed like the storyline here was that Kevin Owens was going to steal the briefcase, which he did during Braun Strowman's match with Jinder. And that would be the reason he didn't 
you know, he, he didn't do what he said he was going to do. As it turned out, Braun Strowman got it back, got counted out. Because of Kevin Owens, it extended their feud. It didn't tie into anything with Brock Lesnar. But I didn't mind that so much because I didn't think about that at the time, which may be more on me than anything else. But it just made me think, I, I appreciated the fact that that story was woven into, was woven into proceedings. Um, they, they could have left it out entirely. And I guess nobody would have complained. But I just thought, given the whole Brock Lesnar thing went from start to finish, that it gave me something else to be aware of. And WWE doesn't usually do that. WWE is usually very trigger-happy with the way they tell stories. And that can work too. But I don't know. To me, it tied into the Braun Strowman and Kevin Owens stuff and just put like a little sprinkle on top that maybe, maybe at the end of the show, Strowman's going to do something. And again, yes, would it have made more sense if Kevin Owens had stolen the briefcase, therefore preventing Kevin uh, Braun Strowman from cashing in? Probably. But that also seems ridiculous as well. You're telling me if Braun Strowman doesn't physically come out with the briefcase and tells the ref, oh, sorry, mate, you've got to have the briefcase. It seems a little far-fetched to me. But I liked it. I thought it was those little wrinkles, maybe not executed as well as W's done in the past, but executed well enough that it worked that's how i see it that's how i see it anyway mojo rawley's having a few with bobby Roode. that will culminate at SummerSlam. it was fine that's what i said on ups and downs that's what i'm saying now i hope mojo wins because i think mojo's got more of an upside and more potential than bobby Roode because bobby Roode's been booked badly fine acam i hope you pronounce his stupid name of the authors of pain losing to apollo cruz was ridiculous just because apollo cruz has done nothing for like two years not his fault not his fault at all, but he's been booked that way. So to me, this just drags him down and it makes the authors of pain just another team as opposed to, you know, they've only been on the roster a few months. That seems crazy to me. It seems really crazy. But he did, he rolled him up and he got the one, two, three. So, uh, I mean, that's probably a feud that's going to, I mean, that's a kickoff feud, isn't it? That is a kickoff feud, to say the least, on SummerSlam. But hey, at least Titus Worldwide are being featured. I just hope Authors of Pain win this and can go on to bigger and better things. Maybe the Revival wins at SummerSlam because it looks like it's going to be the Revival versus the Deleter of Worlds versus the B Team. They all got into it later on in the show. Don't even talk about that. It's just standard tag team stuff. And I'll take the Authors of Pain versus the Revival. I don't know who the heel or face is there, but I think they could have an NXT-like match on the main roster and probably start bringing a bit more credibility back to the tag team championships on Raw. Which actually I don't think is in a bad shape at the moment. I don't. I like the B Team because I feel like it's capitalizing on people that got momentum. But I think SmackDown's structure in their tag team division at the moment is better. The tag team tournament they've got going on, the Bludgeon Brothers don't appear enough. I'd much rather they had a bigger presence so they could sell those tag team titles. But I feel like it just makes a bit more sense. But I thought it was fine. I, 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 you know, the, the tag match that was. I didn't like the Authors of Pain stuff. But yeah, I, I think the tag team on both sides feel better than it has done in a while. And I know the B team are a joke, but who cares? They're over. They're fun. I, 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 don't think that's a, I really don't think that's a problem. Well, I don't mind it anyway. Maybe some other people do. Drew McIntyre versus Seth Rollins. Really good match. Dolph Ziggler gets involved. DQ. They'll go on to SummerSlam. What does Drew McIntyre do at SummerSlam? That's my big question. You know, what is the plan for him? Because I think you're wasting him by just having him at ringside for a Dolph Ziggler match. But then what else can you possibly do? Unless that's where you start teasing. I'm trying to the right way. I mean, maybe just we start teasing the Dolph Ziggler breakup. But then do you want that? Then it ties into the IC Championship. And I think that kind of, oh, I don't know. I, I don't. I, I don't know. I, I think he needs a bigger, a bigger idea than that. But you know, we can see it was a good match though. It, it was a good match. Uh, Roman Reigns got thrown at the building because he punched Baron Corbin in the face, and Stephanie Man said if he didn't leave, he'd be out of the main event for SummerSlam. And oh, this, oh god, I forgot. I just can do my notes. The Sasha Banks. Oh jeez. Now I, I understand people are saying that yes, they probably put Sasha Banks and Bailey back together with similar attire now. 
and what's their name? I thought it was me trying to remember their name. Hug Boss, whatever. Boss Hug. I can't remember what it's called. Because they're probably going to introduce women's tag team championships. I imagine Evolution. And they want those two to win them because they've been pivotal to this movement. Fine. But why did we do everything else? Be- uh, beating up, you know, controversies, turns, counselling, just to get back to the exact same position we were just because they had a nice chat. I, do, I, I don't like it. I'm not, I'm not going to hold back. I don't like it. I just don't like it. I think it undermines the women's division. I think it, it, it insults us as fans. That's too much. That's people, crazy people say that. But it does, you know, it, it, it kind of makes you go, why did I buy into this? Why did I enjoy this? Why did I want to see where this was going to go? Because ultimately, it just, it, it just came around to the same thing they could have done without doing all of it. And why are they friends again? Why? Which is my thing. So yeah, uh, just just mad. Just absolutely mad. At but some people liked it. So what do I know? What do I know? Probably nothing. And that was essentially Raw. I thought Raw was decent this week. There's been a rumor going around that Vince McMahon is a bit worried about SummerSlam. I think it's shaping up okay. I'd be worried about Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns because I don't think you can control that crowd at this point. I think it's too hard and it's too far gone. But if they make Roman Reigns win and have the title, then Raw instantly feels fresh because you know you're going to have a champion on there each and every week. And right now that is novelty. And that is fun. So I don't mind that. Uh, the IC title. I mean, who even has the IC title? Why can't I? Of course, Dolph Ziggler and Seth Rollins got it. Oh, idiot. So yeah, that will be good. Because they've proved they can have good matches. I understand it makes no sense because they had an Iron Man match and they're just having a normal match. But whatever. I'm not going to overthink stuff when it comes to WWE in that sense. Um, so that will be good. Tag team titles, I guess, like I say, it's probably going to be that triple threat. That will be fun. Women's title. Uh, you know, Ronda Rousey versus Alexa Bliss. Good match. So Raw side of things, I think he's shaping up okay. I think there's a lot there. Uh, Baron Corbin versus Finn, Finn Balor, I'm not massively ready for. Or Mojo Bobby Roode kind of falls into that category as well. But yes, I, I think there's enough going on to... to I don't think SummerSlam's going to be a bad show. And I think the right hype, the right build. And if they treat it like WrestleMania, which is what they should do. I've always said that. SummerSlam has to become the middle of the year WrestleMania because that's only going to help. Because we, we come out this lull, right? There's always this lull post-WrestleMania. It's just how it works. And now we need it to, you know, to, to, to spice back up again. And we do that with SummerSlam, which is why I hope, you know, I, I hope WWE start treating it that way. And I know they're trying to, absolutely. But just give us the, give us the big matches and, 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 we can, and, we can see, and we can see what happens. Uh, moving on to SmackDown. I mean, SmackDown was the better show this week. I thought it was just, you know, they, uh, finally they had a, an all-show story with the women because it started with Becky Lynch coming out saying, you know, this is her comeback road to win her championship. She lost in 2016. Carmella came out, cut her own impassioned promo saying NXT. She was told she'd be nothing more than a valet. And now here she is as the women's champion. So the story makes loads of sense. I enjoyed the swerve of James Ellsworth music. He didn't come out, but it distracted Becky Lynch. She gets her ass whipped. And then Charlotte returns to make the save. And eventually, by the end of the night, Charlotte's been worked into that match as in a triple threat match because uh, Carmella insulted Paige at one point. She put her in a match with Charlotte and said, if Charlotte wins, she enters the match, which she did. Clean, neat, figure of eight. And I just, look, I was happy with Becky Lynch versus Carmella, but I don't think adding Charlotte into anything is a bad, you know, what, what is wrong with that? I don't, some people said, oh, I shouldn't have done it. Charlotte is a great professional wrestler, arguably one of the best women they've ever had on the roster in WWE. So, again, I want Becky Lynch to win. I feel like it's Becky Lynch's time, and I feel like she's a baby face that people will get behind. But I also believe that maybe they're thinking about turning Charlotte heel. Maybe I'm overthinking this. Because if you then do that and you do the Lynch-Charlotte program, I know we've done it before, but I'm, I'm happy to have it again, with Charlotte going heel and Lynch as the face, and then Lynch eventually winning down the line, that is, I mean, you don't want to go too far with it because it would get a bit long in the tooth. But I would like that, and I've got no problems with that. 
I like all this around, and I like the fact this is what bookended SmackDown. Because surprise, surprise, it made the SmackDown women's title feel more important. I'm not saying it's going to do well in the ratings, but everybody liked it, but I liked it, and I appreciate WWE, um, yeah, WWE doing it. I, I, really, I really, really do. I, I just thought it was... Uh, I just liked it. It started off, and I was like, yeah, good. Uh, Usos cut a promo. Like I said, they mentioned The Rock. Keep an eye on that. Then we had the Usos versus the bar in the tag team tournament and the bar have won now they go on next week to face the new day and whoever wins that i imagine goes on summerstand to make the bludgeon brothers the question is i don't know what we do there i don't really want to see the bar or the new day take on the bludgeon brothers again i feel like i've seen it too much and you can't do you can't do some fluke finish for another triple threat because we're already overcrowded with triple threats if i'm right for the SummerSlam card so that's more of a hard one i do like what they're doing with this because the i don't know whether it's because they've surrounded it by a tournament but it's helped because this match was just like a good sporting contest. And I can't remember the last time I felt that on a WWE TV program. And I enjoyed the New Day being on commentary talking about pancakes. That made me chuckle as well. But it was just a really simple match. I think it was Jimmy went for the big splash and Sheamus got his knees up and then rolled him up. That makes perfect sense to me. But yeah, I, I, don't know. I think the Bludgeon Brothers need to be on TV. As long as they're on TV next week and we start, you know, coming up with ideas to cement this feud, I'll, I'll, I'll be happy with it. But we'll see. Again, fine, fine for what it was. Then we got to what I think was my highlight of the show. Samoa Joe come out just to cut a promo on AJ Styles. And it was so good. And it was, it was helped even better by the fact AJ wasn't on the show at all. I don't know why that helps, but I just think sometimes, you know, your champion not being on the show, not to Brock Lesnar levels, but it, it, it does give it a bit of a, a, bit of a boost because now I want to see, oh, how's he going to respond next week? Because basically, Samoa Joe said, not only am I going to beat you at, at SummerSlam, but I know for a fact that, you know, to, to, to take the WWE title and make it as prestigious as it is and for you to be as successful as you have been, you've sacrificed your family and you're a bad father and that's why when I win, your family can be happy again because you can go back to them. I and mean, that is such a good promo. And it was delivered with so much vigor and honesty and realism. Samoa Joe is just a man at the moment. To me, I'm in two worlds. I think we either keep it on AJ Styles till next year's WrestleMania, give him a proper huge title run like we did CM Punk and really cement him as the man, or we give it to Samoa Joe at SummerSlam, we let him run wild. Because right now, I think he's got all the momentum in the world. He's just so damn believable. And I just love it. I love Samoa Joe right now. This was awesome. This was really, really, really flipping good. Uh, go out of your way to watch it. It's, it's one of those. Not long. Um, in fact, you know what? I'll look up the, uh, I'm going to look up the, the running time on the YouTube video on WWE for you right now. So you know how much of your time you have to dedicate to see the Samoa Joe. I mean, I presume it's up there. I never really go to the WWE YouTube channel anymore because I watch it all. Uh, but it's got to be, yeah, it's, it's, it's uh, three minutes and 32 seconds. They probably cut a lot out of it, but go watch it. I still think you'll, um, I still think you'll, you'll get a kick out of it. What came after that? Where am I? Oh, we had oh, the other, I really like this dynamic as well. Jeff Hardy, Nakamura, and Orton. It's such a bizarre trio because, you know, it's like a super lovable good guy that the fans are really into against two people they absolutely hate, which is, I mean, it works for the baby face because it makes him look like he's got insurmountable odds. But there were so many good things here. One, Jeff Hardy talked about how important the US title was. Perfect. It is. It should be treated that way. Uh, and two, you know, he kind of balanced out his hatred between Orton and Nakamura. Then the two heels came out. And while they weren't working together, they kind of were at the same time. And they basically just beat him up. And I also like the fact that RK, uh, Randy Orton refused to do the RKO because that's a fan move and he's a heel now. It just works to me. And again, we are, I, if I'm booking SummerSlam, I've overbooked it massively with triple threats because I've said, what, we've got the Raw Tag Team triple threat, got the Women's SmackDown triple threat. This would be a triple threat. What else did I make a triple threat? The Raw Tag Team title. Did I say that? Probably just did. But there's another one I had as well. Anyway, can't remember. So that is heavy on it. No question. 
But I like this, and I like this a lot. And it's just a matchup that feels fresh. I haven't ever seen this before. If I have, I've forgotten about it. So I really, really like this. And Orton at one point just <laughs> threw a bunch of water on Jeff Hardy's face <laughs> and rubbed off his uh, rubbed off his um, his face paint, which was a bit ritualistic, I guess. But yeah, after last week when he uh, put his finger in his ear, which is just bizarre on all levels, just really, really good. I love Randy Orton as a heel. He comes across like a right prick in in the way that he's meant to. So yeah. Just really, really good. I'm surprised by it as well. I didn't think I'd enjoy this as much as much as much as I did. Uh, Zelina Vega versus Lana was fine. The match was fine. I got no problem with that. I just don't like the fact they're still breaking up Rusev Day. Like Aiden English came out because uh, Almas kept getting involved, or at least being a distraction. But unfortunately, because it's WWE, English came down, and that meant that he actually distracted Lana and she lost. And then there was a big hoo-ha afterwards. Aiden English walked off. Lana yelled at him. Then she yelled at Rusev for not being at ringside. To me, I think they're so popular and they're so much fun that we should just book them as super baby faces and then just take it from there. You know, I, I don't see why we have to go the other way. I mean, it's interesting. And maybe we get Aiden English versus Rusev. But I don't think there's anything for either of those guys, especially because Rusev's maybe doing another three-way. <laughs> Rusev, English, and, and Almas. But it was already good. And everyone in this predicament, is they know their roles. That's no, no pun intended. But, and I think that's really important uh, to make it all work. So I think Rusev's only benefited since his match with AJ Styles. And that's good. It hasn't hurt him at all. Um... But I just want Rusev Day to stay together. That's it. So it's a very personal take on all of it. And apart from the main event, which we won't talk about because we already talked about it, which is Charlotte Carmella, we had all the stuff with The Miz. Pretty standard stuff. Brian comes out, cut a promo, says The Miz is a pile of shit. <laughs> Miz appears on the big screen to be the coward, says that Daniel Bryan's just let his contract expire and leave, and he put a load of babies on the screen because apparently we all think Daniel Bryan's a crybaby or something. And that's it. It's, you know, Daniel Bryan challenging to a match at SummerSlam. It's very easy to believe they hate one another given everything that happened with SmackDown, uh, Talking Smack, I should say, in 2016. Yeah, it's just it just works. That that you know that that that's all I can say. And I, I, I how long we got till SummerSlam? As I'm saying these words, two weeks Sunday is that right? One two. Yeah, so it's two weeks Sunday. So two and a half weeks. I don't necessarily think we're shaping up all that bad. I've already mentioned all the all the matches on Raw. We've got this triple threat for the SmackDown Women's Title. We've got Miz versus Daniel Bryan. We've got a triple threat for the US Title. I guess we're going to get Rusev and Almas in something again, which I think they've proven they can have a good match they did again. Styles versus Samojo for the WWE title. Like, this is, this is good stuff to me. Uh, even if it is the bar that goes through and they take on the Bludgeon Brothers, they'll probably have a decent match again, probably wind up on the pre-show. But this doesn't seem that bad to me, you know, by, by any stretch of the imagination. And I'm excited to see it. That's the other thing. I think it, it, with the right build and the right hype, and if they can really make me care about the sort of super big shows... I, also, it matches, I should say. I believe I believe this will be quite good. That's what I think, anyway. I, think that, I mean, that's pretty much everything that happened in WWE. The, the three deaths on Sunday, uh, for me, anyway, kind of shone a, a light or a, a shadow, I should say, over everything else. Um, I do want to talk about the UK stuff, which I will in a second. But I will say, at the moment, I still haven't seen uh, any of the G1. I know that's terrible. Uh, but to give you an update about my shoulder, I'm in and out of hospital a lot. They're still trying to figure out exactly what they want to do. Some people think we have to operate. Some people think we don't have to operate. Unsurprisingly, the NHS does not want to operate, but I had to go seek out uh, a secondary opinion for reasons I won't get into, which is hell on earth because that always costs a lot of money. But again, hopefully I can claim that back off the NHS. If not, I'm screwed anyway. But look, it's my shoulder. It's my livelihood. I think anyone listens, listening to this knows how important being physical and being a wrestler is to me. So whatever I've got to do, I've got to do. But like I said, it's kind of take up so much of my time 
that I haven't got around to watching any of the G1. But I think what I am going to do is that when it's all over, I'm going to find out what the best matches are and I will kind of go back and catch up with all of them. I know that Kenny Omega's tearing up and apparently Zack Sabre Jr. being the man as well and everybody. I mean, there's, there's no surprise. There's no surprise there whatsoever. The last I heard about it was... Dave Meltzer said he thought this was one of the best G1s ever. And I trust Dave Meltzer's opinion. So that will be good. I did see a clip that was awesome of Zack Sabre Jr. Uh, stopping a V-trigger. Uh, but he basically put his hand up and, and blocked it because he's like super technical and stuff. That was, uh, I thought that was really, really good. And I want to see that match actually. Kenny Omega versus Zack Sabre Jr. to me. I think, uh, spoilers in case you haven't watched it, but I'm pretty sure Kenny Omega, Omega won. Um... But we, uh, I, I will catch up with it. I, I, I definitely will. I love the G1. I love New Japan these days. I don't watch it as much as some people do. But I would, uh, yeah, I, I, given all the stuff that I've heard, it sounds like something that I, I, if I'm not a part of, what the, what the hell am I doing? I'll be like a crazy person. Uh, so the UK show. So over the weekend, I didn't see, I haven't seen, I know the results from the WWE NXT UK shows. Um, but I don't, uh, I don't have any, I, I don't know what happened or I, sorry, I don't know what happened, but I couldn't tell you if they're good or if they're bad. I don't have any of that information. So I don't want to comment on it. To be honest, for me personally, I'm just really excited that British wrestling is as popular as it is at the moment. I mean, I, it's just, it, I just find it amazing. I, re I really, really do find it amazing that, you know, on a Saturday night in Britain, we had wrestlers that really deserve it tearing up in the Cambridge, uh, Cambridge Corn Exchange and that, you know, on Saturday night at 5 p.m. on ITV, you could tune into WS Wrestling. To me, that's, I, I don't know. I, I, as a guy, as I think I've said this before, but I'll say it again, as a guy who used to, you know, go to his local auditorium or everyone want to call it venue and watch, I can't even think of the right word to put it, but I guess grown men dress up as Kane because, you know, people only really cared about WWE then to, to it come this far. I, I thought it was great. And as for World of Sport itself, I really enjoyed it. I know there's been a lot of back and forth from the wrestling community, we'll call it. But from a personal point of view, I enjoyed it for what it was. I completely understand they're trying to get the entertainment audience as opposed to the wrestling audience, which is absolutely what they should be doing, given that it's airing 5 p.m. on a Saturday, which is where the chase usually is. And I, I, know, I understand it's a wrestling show. And I understand as wrestling fans, we can make the point they should, it should be presented as such. But that's not what ITV too. ITV have taken it on to turn it into an ITV show. And I thought in that sense, they, they did it really well. I thought Osprey versus the British Bulldog um, Junior. I don't, know why I called him. <laughs> I don't know why I called him that. But I think that was a great match. I really, really did. Um, I would say that you know, from a personal uh, taste point of view, did I think there were too many camera cuts? Yeah, I did. But did it put me off? No. Did I think it was too many replays? Yes, but did it put me off? No, that's just a personal choice. I don't think you can then credit that for it being a bad show. It's just something I would have preferred less of, but, you know, it, it makes no difference. But genuinely, I, I thought it was awesome. Uh, I think they tried to fit a lot into an hour, but again, that's just what they're hampered with. If they've got an hour, they know who they want to showcase and, and focus on. I do certainly think as that, but it's early days. That's why I don't want to judge it too. I wouldn't judge it anyway, but I don't think other people should judge it too quickly. I do think more time dedicated to telling everybody who these people are would be awesome, but that's my mostly from the wrestler's point of view. Like, I want to hear from Martin Kirby. I want to hear from Joe Hendry. I want to hear from Rampage especially. Because I think that not only helps people buy into the matches, as we know, but these guys, they know what they're doing, right? And I think they could use that as another selling point. I think people would tune in to hear from any of them as an extra, uh, an extra selling point. Uh, I like the fact that Joe Hendry and Kirby fell out. I think that would be a good feud. And it was just a good way to get out of that tag match, uh, that tag match as well. 
I enjoyed the opener. Enjoyed the closer. Obviously, Rampage is your new champion. I don't. I, I, to me, that was the only thing you could do because if you are a British wrestling fan, to me, Rampage is like the Undertaker of the UK scene. I'm not saying I'm right. I'm saying that's how I see him. You know, a guy that you can't help but respect for being in the in the industry as long as he has and you know achieving everything he's achieved with ha ha lols lols ups and downs. To me, that was just the right call to make, and I completely believe if you're a new viewer, it's not hard to buy into the fact that that dude would be your champion. So that worked. Um, and yeah, overall, I just enjoyed it. You know, from five to six o'clock on a Saturday, I got to watch professional wrestling on ITV. It was inspiring. It was motivating. And you know, it's like a little, it's like a little goal dream of mine. Um, you know, we just talked about my injury. It could be a rocky road to recovery. If it does need to be surgically put back together, obviously that's going to take me a while. But I am going to get back. And who knows, right? The more options they are, the more places we've got to dream about. And that, to me, is really exciting. And like I say, the NXT UK show sounded like they were awesome as well. It's just a great time to be a British wrestling fan, no matter what happens from this point out. The talent is there. The backing is there. We just need to get as much visibility on it as possible. And that seems to be growing day by day, right? Week by week. So I've got absolutely you know, no, no problem with it whatsoever uh i am going to answer a few q a questions i never got around to last week and then with all my stupid hospital stuff didn't get around to putting on the patreon but someone asked me the other day they tweeted me and i thought this was an interesting question they said simon do you think kenny omega is the most important wrestler in the world and this is funny because i've actually just made a, a video for what culture but maybe it's probably based on the back of it i did a video called why kenny omega is the most powerful wrestler in the world and i think power is, the, is, is a more important term, more relevant term, I should say, because Kenny Omega right now, as far as I'm concerned, can do whatever he wants. Everybody wants him. He's got star power. People are slowly getting to know more and more who he is. He can have good matches with anybody. He can talk. You know, he, he's got that thing that all sort of superstars in wrestling have to have. And at the moment, he doesn't want to go to WWE, and that makes him even more alluring because you always want what you can't get. So I, I do think he's up there, but then it was that word important. And I thought about this, and it ties into to something we were talking about the other day in terms of what is a big money match or, you know, what is a draw in, in 2018. And I, Kenny Omega obviously is a draw no matter where he goes. He, you know, whatever show he does, if Kenny Omega's on it, you're going to sell more tickets. And he's one of, if not the most important uh, peg of the, of the New Japan structure. But when you're talking about box office matches... I don't know how Kenny Omega fits into that in the moment. I don't mean that disparagingly at all. Like Kenny Omega, like, as I say, is a huge, huge star. But I don't know how much he resonates with the, UK, uh, the WWE audience. Sorry, And it's hard for any of us to, to talk about that because I don't think any person listening to this is of that audience. You know, we're all the hardcores and, and we go out and, and we, we, you know, we want to see these wrestlers that we hear about on the grapevine. So if he did do The Rock versus Kenny Omega, like everybody knows who The Rock is. And, you know, you have to travel a long way to find someone that, that isn't on board on The Rock train. But if you put him with someone like Kenny Omega, do they know who that is? Like earlier, we talked about, it's the same thing. We talked about, is it going to be Elias versus The Rock? It's a great match in terms of it do wonders for Elias. But is the other person on the other side of the coin going to go, know who that was? Probably not. But then you could argue if you're just tuning in for The Rock... It should be someone that can get a rub out of it. That's what pro wrestling is. But I did. I don't. I think Kenny Omega would fly in WWE, and I think he'd do what AJ Styles did. He'd find his footing very quickly, and he'd make a name for himself. Whereas you know, the majority of at least wrestling fans, even the more casual and peripheral guys and girls, would know who he was. And then maybe he can cross over. You just don't know. At one point, I'm sure the idea of John Cena crossing over seemed ludicrous, but it happened. But it's an interesting discussion. I don't, I don't know what's going to happen. But talking about Kenny Omega as well, I should talk about all my in, all in stuff I'm doing. So yes, I am going to all in. I'm all in as a reporter. I'm going with What Culture, which I'm very excited about. 
And there is a load of crazy stuff going on. Aside from the just sheer amount of people that I'm going to be interviewing that's going to blow my brain. I'm also going to be singing karaoke with Conrad Thompson. And it seems like Jeff Jarrett at this moment, but, you know, card subject to change. Um, between you and us, as you've tuned in, it looks like I'm going to be doing promos with Sean Mooney and Tony Schiavone. Again, just nuts. I'm going to be talking to James Johnston, which is like a personal dream, or at least you know, something I've wanted to do for ages. I love that guy. I think you know, the soundtrack he created for us is just, is just wonderful. And there's so many little things like that. So that's you know, just under a month's time now, which, which I'm really, really looking forward to. I mean, it's a shame this shoulder stuff came up as it did, because I think, well, we're not going to get in the way. I can still do everything I would have done otherwise. But I don't know. It's just, uh, I guess it's that sort of polarizing good and bad. But yeah, do keep an eye on what culture wrestling for that. We're going to try and get as much content as we humanly can and just, you know, try and not only bring you into the experience of All In, but have some real fun with it as well. Like a lot of the stuff we're doing is going to be ridiculous uh, in a good way. I like the ridiculous and I think, uh, yeah, I, I think it will be good. So you can keep an eye on that. Right, before we wrap up, I'm just going to answer a few more questions and we will do a Q&A episode this week as well. So make sure you go to Facebook and search for Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast, join the group and you can ask as many questions as you want and I will answer them all probably on Friday. Uh, I have an MRI on Friday, but if not Friday, we'll do it Saturday or Thursday. We'll work, uh, we'll work around it. But my man Andrew is always very kind to me. He says, thoughts on Matt Stryker? I personally feel as though next to Graves, he is the best announcer in wrestling. Um, I do think he's up there, but I also don't think... I think he had a blip. I think there was a time when kind of Lucha Underground was really taking off that he, uh, he was flying. you know. And then I kind of feel like he fell by the wayside a little bit. But I still like him. Like, I met him a couple of times. He's a really switched on and a really smart dude when it comes to pro wrestling. I think that... Yeah, I don't know. I, I think... He, he, I don't know. I can't explain it, really. But maybe that doesn't always come across when he's doing... Uh, when, he, when he's doing um, uh, commentary and stuff. But no, I think he's really, really switched on. I do enjoy his commentary. Yes, sometimes he's prone to going a bit off kilter. But no, I am a fan. I still think Coy Graves is the best, but I'd argue that he's dipped a little bit recently as well. Still brilliant. I'm not trying to, to inflame him or anything like that. But maybe that's just a, you know, problem with the commentary as a whole. I don't hate it as much as some people. I think Michael Cole does a really good job given what he has to do. But I understand why people don't like him as well. I mean, the biggest issue we have with all the commentary is that we're coming off Jim Ross and Jerry the King Lorna, who were not only a great, you know, a great um, uh, pairing, they had great chemistry, but they were also really good individually at what they did. Admittedly, Coach, I know a lot of people don't like him. I don't mind him, but I didn't mind Booker T either. But he certainly is not at the level of a Michael Cole and certainly not a Corey Graves. But yeah, I mean, commentary overall in WWE could be better. Sometimes it does take away from the... Um, experience, I would say, but at the same time, I'm not, I'm not a big problem. Uh, Philip Jensen, what should be the main event of the Evolution pay-per-view this October? I think you've got to put Ronda Rousey in it. She's a big star. You know, star power is ridiculous. She's probably one of the reasons they're able to do this to begin with. You don't want to give away Ronda Rousey Charlie too early, but I think they may do just because... Maybe not do that. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Ronda Rousey versus someone. Maybe Ronda Rousey versus Natalia. And maybe Charlotte versus Becky Lynch on the other side as well. One of those two, I will say. But I don't know. I don't know for sure. 
We'll see. Philip also asked, what do I think WWE is going to do with the Bailey and Sasha storyline? Probably win the tag belts, but I don't know. I don't care. I'm making ridiculous. <laughs> Christian Brown. Um, do you see a company like Defiant doing what Impact TNA has done by doing a partnership talent exchange with a bigger company? What well, they certainly could do. I don't know what their plans are behind the scenes. I think they have the potential to do it. Uh, even though, obviously, I'm synonymous with them now, I still think they put on a really good show. I always watch it on the monitors in the back and then re-watch it when it, when it gets aired. And I really like it. I think that it's just, yeah, a lot of fun. So, who knows? I don't think they'd be adverse to it, though, by any, by any stretch of the imagination. Do you worry about doing an angle storyline that could be offensive to your beliefs, a la Raven trying, tying Sandman to a makeshift cross all those years ago? Yes, but I don't think we do that in 2018, right? I think we live in a culture now where people would understand if someone didn't want to do it. Also, I don't think anyone would push those buttons. I think if you did, we'd be creating controversy for the wrong reasons. And I think in that kind of situation, you just have to decide what's more important to you. Or you just go with your gut. If your gut says it's, it's worrying not to do it, you just shouldn't do it. I think it's as simple as that. Number three, if you were going to form a heel group like Bullet Club or the Firing Squad and could pick anyone from any company today, who would you want? John Cena or Kenny Omega? Going back to all the conversations that, uh, uh, that, that we had earlier. But, you know, I think there's loads of people that you could, uh, that you, that you could pick and that would, yeah, that, you know, that would be successful in starting a, in starting a, in a heel group. Especially because at the moment, groups are kind of all the rage. I'm surprised WWE doesn't have more. I think we said this last week. But yeah, it's, it, it's, it's a surprise that we haven't, we haven't done more. But hey, you know. Well, we will see. Uh, I think we answered the tag team question. So I'm going to err on the side of caution and not ask that again. But I will read this one, which I don't think we did by Adam Donald. This could be... Maybe we did. Are there any WWE 2K18 Universe Mode series on YouTube you keep up with? There's some real well-edited ones with much better storylines than WWE. I don't watch anything religiously, but I will always give a shout-out to my man Smack Talks, who is just, uh, just a good dude. Paul, who I've known for a while now, ever since I had my brief, uh, my brief time at THQ, and he runs Smack Talks, the, the, um, the YouTube... WWE 2K19 and I'm sure 18 and 20 and however long he wants to do it. Like, he's, he's a really, really good guy. His dedication to his channel is amazing. His videos are great. You know, I try and watch as many as I can and he really does put in the time and he knows everything. And if you want to keep up to anything with those games, he, he's the guy that you should go to in my opinion. He's the guy that I go to. He's a nice dude. Like I say, I've known him for a while. Just a good, uh, just a good egg all round. Uh, before we do wrap up, I will say, if you do live in the Scotland area, I'm still coming to Discovery Wrestling this Sunday. It's going to be a bit of a mental, uh, mental, uh, you know, uh, attempt to get there, but I am going to get there all the same. Uh, I am going to have my arm in a, in a sling, obviously, so you can look forward to that if you are going. I do believe it's sold out now, but if you are going, do you know, kind of try and come down early or whatever, and come and say hello because it would be great to see you all. And I'm going to make all my other bookings as well. Obviously, I won't be wrestling, just being completely, uh, completely honest with you. But it would still uh, be great to see, and hopefully I can get back in the ring before long, and we can get back to doing this. Uh, get back to doing this as, as it's meant to be, because if nothing else, I really found like I was getting some momentum with it. I was enjoying it. It felt like something that I wanted to do long-term, and it sucks this has come about. But, you know, these things are meant to try us, and then you always bounce back. You always bounce back stronger. So, yeah. Uh, if you are a patron who has uh, signed up to come on the podcast, you should all have messages in your patron inboxes. So please get in touch with me there, and we can make sure we cement those dates. Thank you, as everyone, to all the support. Be that nice message on Twitter at Simon316. Sometimes people send me nice things on Instagram as well, also at Simon316. Uh, the Facebook group is always full of love, Simon's Pro Wrestling Podcast on Facebook. And again, 
patreon.com forward slash Simon316. If you want to help support this podcast, help keeps it alive, it gives me the freedom to do it and not have to worry about other work, especially at the moment because my arm doesn't work, so I can't do that much work, so I'm certainly going to focus on these as much as I can. But thank you as always. Thank you for listening to me. Uh, hopefully we've gone through everything that you uh, that you hope we would. It's a little short this week. I wanted to go an hour. Not going to lie, need to go and take some painkillers because I took my arm out of the sling to do this. Probably not the best idea in the world. But thank you very much for the well wishes. And again, we will be back this week uh, with the Q&A episode. All the thread will be up on Facebook. And yeah, you take care of yourselves. Keep enjoying wrestling. Keep enjoying the G1. And I will talk to you soon.